0: We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which we meet, the Yagara and Turrible people of the Mianjin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Welcome to Marvell's. I'm Lisa, and riding Shotgun with me is Dana. Hi there. And we are re-watching some of our favourite pop culture paragons from the MCU and beyond through a queer feminist lens. There
1: is no denying that superheroes influence and inspire people from all communities, so we want to explore what the representation is, if any, available to viewers from outside a straight male lens. Who better to explore this than your favourite discourse dykes? Yes, we are the discourse dykes. I say that every episode. <laughs> I, I feel like today my "hi everybody" was like so seedy. <laughs> I don't know what voice that was. <laughs> it's okay. We can just change it up every episode. Yeah, that's 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 good. It's good. Let's keep it fresh. So,
0: what did we watch today? We watched Iron Man Two, the Yay. 2010. You John love Favreau this movie. Directed, yes I do. Written by Justin
1: Thoreau. You love this film. I do this love film. this movie. It's... I <laughs> it was my least favourite Iron Man for so long. Really? Yeah, but then Iron Man 3, the more I thought about it, the stupider it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't like Iron No, I don't nah. I don't I don't really like Iron Man. <laughs> this one is at least fun. Like I'll give I it think that. I only have room in my heart for, like, um, Thor and Captain America
1: and everything oh. else just falls by the wayside. Oh, that's so valid. Let's, I, I can appreciate that. <laughs> Same characters, but reverse priorities. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I have to say, Captain Marvel's great, and the, I think yes. the later the MCU trucked on, the more investment there was. But we have to start it with the straight list and the mail list in the first decade <laughs> yeah we are still within the first decade
0: um what is
1: our synopsis for Iron Man? <laughs> we don't even want to talk about him we're just
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna talk about Captain America
1: okay um this happens a bit after the events of the first Iron Man movie
0: so it comes he comes out with uh, at the end of the last ep- uh, last episode last movie he came out as Iron Man um, yeah, announced to the world that he was Iron Man, and I forget how this one starts. I know it starts. There's like some sort of event that he's going to. Oh, it's the Stark Expo. Yeah. No. Do we start with
1: the Stark Expo, or do we get some context on Vanko first? Oh, that's right, Vanko. Yes. Yeah. So um, it introduces us to um, a man named Ivan Vanko, who um, his he's like nameless at this point. He is going to be the future villain Whiplash. In this film, and his father's dying and telling him about how he was dicked over by Stark Industries, essentially, <laughs> and how he created the arc reactor design that Tony Stark and his father, like, or Tony Stark used to make his Iron Man stuff and, like, get his world fame. Yeah.
0: And then it starts with the Stark Expo where Iron Man comes down. And Tony gives this big speech about how no one's gonna go toe to toe with him on
1: his best day. Oh my god. Ugh. He's so <laughs> fucking wanker. He, he's just so American in this movie. Oh, it's obnoxious. Yeah.
0: Like, even when he's like, I'm not going to give weapons to developing countries anymore, yeah. um, he still is like gung ho, macho, like. I've got the biggest, I am the big gun, kind of. Yeah,
1: it's just obnoxious. And I think, as well, this is a lot of his persona because he, at the backstage of this Shark Expo, he tests his blood and, like, he's basically dying. He's got blood poisoning and it's not going well. So he's amped up his bravado to max because he doesn't like people to know that he's not okay. And that's how Pepper knows something's wrong because he's, like, amping it up. Yeah, um, Tony gets given a subpoena, summoning him to a subpoena. That's how you say that. A subpoena summoning him to the Senate, and um, they're like trying to like get the Iron Man suit off of him, essentially, and he's just like, "No, fuck off." <laughs> yeah, it's like basically he's saying that he and the suit
0: are one. You can't you can't take them one away from the other. Um, and
1: then Rhodey turns up. Yeah, Rhodey's there too, and during this hearing we also see one of Stark's competitors, Justin Hammer, who's talking about he's trying to get military contracts for weaponized suits of armor as well. But I all... love Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Sam is, Rockwell's like, one of the so greatest good. actors ever. I had, I, when I first saw him in movies, he was always just the same arrogant prick, and then I watched yeah. him in, like I think, um, Three Billboards. No, I watched him in Three Billboards outside um, Ebbing, Missouri, and he was just insanely good in that, and I'm like, oh shit, he's actually a a real actor, he's not just playing like a dickhead, (laughs) like, every time, (laughs) he's just typecasted himself. (laughs) He picks some good roles. Yeah, um... Like, this role is... This is a good role. Yeah, in this he's playing Hammer, who is just trying to get military contracts and prove that he's just as good as Tony Stark. But Tony hacks the footage and shows that, like, all of Hammer's projects are shit, essentially, and that, like, North Korea is also behind. Yeah, he's behind the the prototypes in different countries and... Yeah, so a lot of stuff. And eventually, yeah, he just, like, gives everyone the bird and, like, gets out of his meeting, essentially. Um, Rhodey has to testify as well and is trying to do so without damaging tony but it does he feels a lot of strain at what it's putting on him when he has to keep standing up to basically everyone in the armed forces which he's a part of
0: yeah it does like tony puts him in a really difficult position to be like constantly defending Tony but also
1: trying to keep his job and like keep yeah. his loyalty to the military and And this movie explores that and culminates in a bit of that as well. It does start to create tension between the two, which is clever. It was it was good writing. Yeah. Um so what happens after that I forget. Tony's back at his uh stock industries and um we have pepper come in as well and tony makes her ceo or asks her to be or like, that's right yeah she's officially declared ceo and signs all the paperwork and um we have i think who is oh my god what else has happened um we have a lovely notary um um officially signs the company over to pepper the notary is actually notary. natalie rushman notary- yes sorry i can't talk um, that's Natasha. So, yes. Or, yes. So she's Black Widow, Natasha Romanov, as we know, but she's disguised herself and embedded herself in Tony's company under the alias Natalie Rushman. And we have um, Happy's there giving Tony a boxing lesson, and they like um, kind of like are just ogling her and um, giving her shit. And then she just like smashes Happy, which is great. <laughs> and we'll talk about that in more detail later. Yeah. Um, Tony goes to Monaco because he's blowing off all his duties and he ends up in the race in Monaco. He decides to drive a car in yeah. the Monaco Grand Prix. Because he's just going a bit around the bend and like because he's dying and he's like, gotta live hard, die young. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he ends up yeah racing the Stark Industries car in the race. And um, what's happened though is Vanko has designed, or Ivan Vanko, who we mentioned earlier, has made giant energy whips and <laughs> just wants to wreck him and wreck his shit on the middle of the racetrack. Which he does. He wrecks his shit. Oh, yeah. He just completely cuts up the car and nearly destroys Tony and it takes Pepper. I don't
0: understand how those drivers didn't die
1: immediately from having their cars flipped over and like... Oh, that happens all the time. Like race race drivers have accidents all the time the cars are designed so that they can get out quickly and there's always a pit crew um yeah essentially though um he's saved tony's ass gets saved by pepper and happy and um pepper's just like furious at him and justin hammer is at the race and he like sees Vanco, um, get caught and taken down, but is like, oh, cool, whip man, I can use that. I'm going to put him to better use and, like, breaks him out of the jail and sort of, like, recruits him quietly into Hammer Industries.
0: Yeah. With Salmon Carpaccio.
1: Yeah. I think as well, though, before he gets taken into Hammer Industries, Tony and Vanko have a chat. Yes, they do. And Vanko's like, yeah, you stole the arc reactor design, but you're dying, aren't you? Because... Um, the the material isn't healthy and Stark is like oh palladium what the fuck?
0: palladium in the yeah. chest
1: yeah palladium horrible way to die
0: yeah yeah and then so Hammer brings
1: uh, Vanko back to Hammer Industries and like tries to recruit him to make cool robots and Vanko just Vanko just ignores all of his directives and makes whatever the fuck he wants
0: mm-hmm. but ha-
1: and Hammer's like in this position where he's like trying to badger him but also like bribe him because He's a better engineer, like, Vanko's a better engineer on mm. limited materials. There's the, the I, want just... I want my bird. I want my bird. I want my, I want my bird. <laughs> no, I want my bird.
0: <laughs> you want a, a bird? Oh, I get your bird. I get you ten birds. I <laughs> get <laughs> So good. Um, and Jesus, um, I
1: guess as well. Oh, the party. They have a party. Tony has a birthday party. We have the party. Yeah, so Tony's Tony has a birthday party because he's still having a meltdown and he's being a big Gemini about it. Um, <laughs> I thought that would be a Sagittarius move, actually. No, no, no. Oh my God, no. Um, and um, what happens while he's having this party is like Rhodey's put in a very uncomfortable position where he's been ordered to retrieve the Iron Man suit because Tony's a danger to himself and isn't doing things properly, and. Yeah, he gets to the party, trying to talk some sense into Tony, and just finds Tony completely drunk, being irresponsible, and like shooting up glass bottles in his Iron Man suit. And um, yeah, it ends up they fight. (laughs) Rhodey takes one of the suits,
0: which um, apparently there's you know things in place to make sure that no one can take the suits, but Rhodey took one, so obviously Tony had set one up for him.
1: Yeah, I think he programmed it. And the fact that there's an external arc reactor that's powering it Mm. is pretty much Tony putting up contingency plans when he dies. Mm. That's the read on it, is that because he knows he's dying, he's trying to figure out a way to make sure someone else can be Iron Man when he can't. Yeah. Which is pretty heavy, considering he starts the movie by going, like, Iron Man and me are one. So anyway, Rhodey kicks his ass and takes the suit that he's wearing but doesn't take all of the tech. Uh, back to the Air Force and they're investigating it and how they can use it and they think they've given Hammer a contract at this point to design suits for the military because Tony's falling apart. Um Tony gets put on basically house arrest. Um our Shield rocks up and is like Fury turns up Colson turns up, Fury turns up and they're like, You're being a dickhead, we're gonna put you on house arrest while you figure out a way not to die.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um And he just starts digging through all his archives of his father's stuff, trying to come up with a cure. Um, And he eventually finds it, I think, hidden in a, a couple of video recordings of his dad, who he has a pretty fractured relationship with. He goes to Stark Industries to, and meets with Pepper and then he finds
0: that there's this uh, model, some sort of like model of the Stark Expo in um, 1974 or something like that? Yes. Um, and so he takes that model and he uses that to base his new
1: element on. Yeah, he like finds something in the design features and Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it's the structure, the molecular structure of the new element.
0: And then uh, while that's happening, the Stark Expo is going on, and Hammer's giving his uh, his demonstration of his drones because Vanko um, designed drones for him and not suits. Um, Mm -hmm. And then so uh, Rhodey turns up, and he's got you know he's all pimped out with like um, a big gun and like different tech and stuff that Hammer designed for him. and then iron man turns up because tony's um, made the element put it in his chest it it has um decreased all the blood toxicity and he and it has a higher energy output i think as well in general yes and so he's all revved up to go um he lands on the stage and everyone cheers for him and then um what happens is um all the drones start going Funko off. Vunko triggers Rody, all the bots. Rhodey starts uh, targeting Iron Man and... Tony, and yeah, malfunctioning as well. Yeah. And then so they have a big fight scene where Tony flies all around New York. Oh no, they're not in New York. Where are they? They're in No, they're San in
1: um, or Miami? Miami. Or isn't his house in
0: Miami? Yeah, his house is in Miami. That's a place that I know. Yeah. I certainly know of that place.
1: no essentially yeah so they have this big fight through all the parks and the scenery and they're trying to deal like a couple people trying to deal with the bots back at the base I know that Natasha and um Happy Natasha and Happy go after Vanko they like oh Peppa is like babysitting um, is babysitting Hammer unless he's handcuffed to something and it's just like, shut up, stop talking. And then, yeah, Happy and Natasha go after Vanko, trying to find him because he's remotely piloting the droids. So they're trying to shut him down. But when they get there, he's
0: already gone. And so Natasha yeah. reprograms Rodi's suit. She resets it so that Rodi has control again. Um, and then she, they start uh, trying to kill all the drones and they have this
1: big showdown. They, they they deal with all the drones, they deal with the problem, um, everything's a little bit on fire, but... And then Vanko turns up. They just have the big confrontation with Vanko, and Rhodey and Tony teen up to stop him, which is good. And do their handy thingy blast. Oh, repulsive loss. Repulsive (laughs) loss.
0: I think your brain
1: has vacated.
0: I don't know any of these things. I'm not that much of a nerd. Like I'm a nerd. Okay, I'm a nerd, don't get me wrong. Fuck you. I'm not that much of a nerd.
1: Wait till we get into the heartbreaker beam. (laughs) No, um, yeah, so they deal with the confrontation, they deal with the problem, and everyone goes on to live. I think Tony only tells Pepper at this point that he was dying. Um, and she gets big mad at him and I think it ends with uh, Fury talking to Tony about the Avengers initiative and Tony being like I don't play well with others anyway and Fury goes I was going to invite Iron Man not you (laughs) you're not invited to my party Tony you are
0: the problem and he's like you're a consultant and and Tony's like you can't
1: afford me yeah I know and it's a very very bitchy exchange which is fun (laughs) And um, what's our post-credit for this one? Post-credit? It's Thor. Oh, it is! Yeah, which we've already talked about, which is wonderful. It's the start of Fury's big week, I think, where he sends Colson out to New Mexico because it's implied that the events of um, Thor 1, Iron Man 2, and Cap, the end of Cap, where they find him, all happen in one week. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, that was a mini series comic that came out, um, I think, just before or after the Avengers called Fury's Big Week, cool. where it just was like, this has all happened at once. Shield is having a hard time this week. Coulson is jetted across the country like three times to deal with all these problems. <laughs> so let's talk about Pepper in this movie. Let's get into it. Pepper, um, this is, like I said, I like Iron Man 1. She still feels more like herself. In Iron Man 2, she just literally is just constantly... Babysitting and not being told really important shit by a significant other, like that he's dying. dying, and like she's just always cleaning up, always.
0: Yeah, so she's like, I heard this um this stereotype called the stern and responsible ter- stereotype, yes. which is like for all the women in this film, all three women in this film. There's only three. Yeah. Um, and so she's very much like when she comes in the first time we see her. Uh, she's at the um hearing at the Senate yep. meeting, um, and she's like mouthing to Tony to turn around because he's being a dick, yep. being childish, um, and so she's mouthing at him to turn around. And then the next we see her, she is uh comes into where where Tony's working in his shop, and she's like, "Did you just donate all of our modern art collection to the Boy Scouts of America?" And she's like furious.
1: Yeah. So she's just always
0: angry at Tony. Always angry at Tony, always working. There's like no part of this movie where she's not working. Yeah. Even when they go to Monaco, um, she still has to babysit Tony because he starts driving the
1: car instead of like not driving the car, which he should be doing. Keeps making irresponsible choices that affect everyone around him. Because he's framed as the hero and what he's doing like is 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 what people are going to sympathize with and empathize with she's always perceived as being a badgering pain that gets in his way a shrew which i don't like yeah and i hate it it's so rude it's so rude and um i think (sighs) she's made ceo which is probably the, the smartest thing tony does because like it's finally giving her credit for all the fucking effort and work that she puts in but i think again he's only doing it because he thinks he's dying Would he have done that if he didn't have Palladium readings that were off the charts? Again, because a lot of their relationships not seem to be built on much except for snarking at each other, and that weird dynamic we talked about from early 2000s films in our first episode, she seems to know that something's going on with Tony, but not really specifically what, and they don't seem to be united or communicating in a way that is healthy or fulfilling. Exactly. Like, it's not a healthy relationship
0: that they have, because she's picking up after him. Like, she even says, you know, I've been putting out your fires and taking the heat for it. And he's just acting really immaturely and making her clean up his messes.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, after he dies, there's still going to be a whole shit ton of messes. He just won't be there anymore to hear Peppa nagging about them.
0: <laughs> exactly. <sighs> so, So, um, when... She disagrees with Tony hiring Nat. This is more of the snarking at each other. He yeah. says, don't act constipated. Don't flare your nostrils. Oh, my God. Like, don't
1: tell women how to look, Tony. Uh, can you believe they are Micromanaging people? her expressions. I know. Just It's like it's like the uh, maybe you should smile more, but the
0: opposite. Exactly. Like. <laughs> it is. It's him telling her to smile more. Yeah,
1: that's it. And it's just like, can you, you go and just eat... A giant steaming turd, Tony. Don't you dare <laughs> don't, don't I was about to say go and suck a dick and I'm like, no, it's not the same energy <laughs> No, that's
0: the kind of energy we want in this podcast. I know
1: we need to add more of that energy, or the writers and directors do. <laughs> but um yeah, I hate that. I just again their relationship just makes so little sense to me, but I'm not a straight woman, so I don't know. Did do straight women like that? it seems like that whole concept of negging just to the extreme someone someone at my work is getting married next year and um she was talking about how she and her fiance met when at the time when i was dating somebody you know i just told the story about how i met my ex-partner but um yeah she was just like oh yeah we hated each other when we met we were both interns at a place and like literally argued every day and i'm like why are you kidding How did it get to the point where you dated A, dated and B? Now you want to marry this man? I'm like straight people. Are you okay? (laughs) What is wrong with them?
0: (laughs) Like enemies to lovers only works if you're in a fictional story, like if you're in a fan fiction.
1: I know, right? Or like, it's just so weird to me. I don't. Like people for a reason. I'm not gonna go and date
0: that person if I don't like them. Oh my god! I remember working at one of the places I worked at. Um, this is like education center kind of thing. Oh yeah, um, I remember this job. And I. Met this guy, and like we immediately got off on the wrong foot because he was like, Oh, I know, you know, I don't know who the guy's name was. He just said, Oh, I know so and so who, you know, introduced me to, you know, this job. And I was like, Oh, he got you the job. And I just like said that. And obviously, that's not true because he got the job himself. And he said that he's like, You know, I know I got the job myself. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, no, that's, you know, I didn't mean any. I didn't say anything. I was just like, Right. Okay. <laughs> and I was yep. just like, okay. Immediately we're off on the wrong foot. And we just like we just didn't talk to each other the entire time. It was so <laughs> tense. Like when we were around each other, we were just like snark at each other and it was just very uncomfortable and I just did not like being around him. I cannot imagine then turning around in six months and being like, I'm going to marry this man Like
1: Um, okay, uh let's talk about I think I saw you had a note here about um, you think it passes the Bechdel test. Can you explain yes. that line to me and why you um, think it Okay, does?
0: so the, 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 the conversation is this, Peppa says, Natalie, Natasha says, yes, Miss Putts, and then she says, I'm on to you ever <sighs> since you came here,
1: and then there's a big explosion. Yeah. Okay. I want to argue that this doesn't pass the Bechdel test, okay. but I think maybe I'm strict on this. But I also think. Well, you don't what... think anything passes the Bechdel test. No, but that's the point, though. It should be really easy to pass a conversation like, "Huh, Lisa, how's the weather today?" And you go, oh, oh it's, it's a bit, really it's a bit true. cold." And I'm like, "That'll pass." Like it's so easy. Like we see the men in movies do it all the time. They have conversations that aren't about women. Um, <laughs> but so my this is why I'm rejecting it, and I'm going to get on this high horse right now because okay, it'll keep coming it. up. I don't think this passes. Um, because the context is about Tony declining and spiraling ever since Natasha was here. Uh, okay, so that's what she's going to say. This is this conversation happened the birthday or later at Stark Expo. At the birthday party when everything's blowing that's, up. That, that's what I thought. So I'd argue like that. That's you know, it's there because it's Tony's birthday. It's his moment. Things aren't going right, and that's why Pepper feels like she needs to engage and have a conversation with Natasha. And okay. I think there's some rudimentary business talk somewhere else in the film, but it's probably like a side conversation that's muffled and we don't actually hear the proper dialogue that would pass. Yep. But like, I think we have very different ideas of what a conversation between the two characters are. I think it's at least two lines. Yeah. Two lines, one from each character.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say that, like, I don't think the motivation be- be- like, for them speaking is necessarily what, the conversation is about like they could like um, the motivation for Pepper and for Pepper and Natasha working together is because Tony hired her. But, or hired them both. Um, but that doesn't mean that any conversations they have, you know, in the workplace or together necessarily don't pass the Bechdel test, if that no, makes
1: sense. But I agree. Like, if those two characters, even though they were brought together because Tony hired Nat, had talked about anything at any other point yeah. in the film. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. It's too context heavy here because it's okay. Peppa's just basically about to imply before she gets cut off by the explosion, ever since you came here, Tony's been acting strange. Yeah. Like, that's the unspoken half. Yeah, I didn't think
0: about the the actual, like, what she was going to say.
1: Yeah. And I think it's just, yeah, two lines, one from each character, not about, in reference to or due to a man. If the conversation yeah. between the two continues and a man's brought up, even if there's been two lines that haven't been about a man, like, a good example here is like, maybe it's Gamora and um, Nebula in the future, like, we're going to do this episode where they talk about their trauma. But then, two sentences later, it's they talk about Thanos being the reason for that trauma. So it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Yeah, because even though there were two lines about it, the cont- like until the conversation cuts, it's like that time limit. Until it cuts, they can't talk about that dude, <laughs> or until it dramatically changes tangent. <laughs> yeah, I'm just strict. that's what I'm thinking. Like you just have to. It I guess
0: it's up to your own discretion as to. What the conversation, like the parameters of the conversation, as like yeah. where the conversation starts and where it ends. Like you could have a scene where two women are talking for ten minutes, yeah. and in that scene, they could mention
1: a man once or twice. But if then, there's been a clear like thread of that conversation for ten minutes, yes. where there's not about that, or doesn't link, like you know they're not talking about oh I love to bake. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm baking something right now because it's my son's birthday. Like, yeah yeah but if if it's a 10 minute like or say like a 20 second conversation about baking and then like one of their husbands walks through the door and they're like oh john just got home from work the conversation about baking stands like that's okay that would be a big tick yes
0: (laughs) so to you it has to be a conversation
1: yeah it's got to be a conversation it's got to be at least two lines of dialogue one from each character i can't yeah because again the bar is so low that sounds like a lot But literally two hours, like, oh, sorry, no. An hour and 30 minutes of this movie are probably men passing the reverse, having conversations that aren't about women. Yeah. They're having conversations about themselves because they're allowed to. And they're allowed to be fully functioning people. And Tony only ever talks about himself. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> or he only ever talks about how looking out for other people makes him stressed out.
0: <laughs> yeah, like oh, See he the future... made pepper and omelet and it took him three
1: hours and then yeah. he was like, Why do the... you love me? See the future Avengers films where he's like, I care about everyone on this planet, which is why I had to die. Like <laughs> Thank God he died, honestly. We have to have a Tony Stark test where a character can have a full conversation without talking about themselves. <laughs> okay, that's a long ramble about the Bechdel test, but I think it's important because I'm going to keep being like, but did it really, though? But yeah, that's it really?
0: fine. Like You can pull me up on it. I don't mind.
1: It's not a pull-up. It's just, a, I think, a different view of what is and isn't.
0: Well, now I know that, so I'll take that into account next time I talk about which, whatever passes the Bechdel <laughs> test, have any of them?
1: Yes, that's the thing. I just know as well or as did. far as as far as Phase One MCU, the only movie that passed was Thor. Yeah, because when we get to Captain America, there's only one female character in that, and it's Peggy.
0: Oh, she does actually. Um, no, it passes the Bechdel test, it does, because, you know, when they're about to do Project Rebirth and they go into that shop and the, and the lab is beneath that shop, that woman says, <laughs> lovely weather we're having, and Peggy goes, yes, but I always bring an umbrella.
1: Oh, you're right, okay, I'll give it to you. But she doesn't get okay. a name she does i yeah. don't think she gets oh you're a name. right she's not named so that's why it doesn't pass
0: i don't think that like i don't think that we necessarily to me i don't think necessarily the women have to have names are you kidding me test.
1: are you kidding me i don't me? think so. so just it's i just don't think woman, they have because it's woman women, one like, woman one and woman
0: two in the script <laughs> she probably has a name in the script and i have the script so maybe probably, I'll i think it's it. just old shopkeeper <laughs> <laughs>
1: Woman with umbrella. Woman with Tommy gun. I see, okay, in the film we have people always drawing, as soon as Pepper's made CEO, there's so many people that just keep grinding about like what are her qualifications, how, how yeah. dare Tony make, let a woman run the whole company, etc, um, etc. Cetera, et cetera.
0: But we don't actually know. Pepper's qualifications. Like, we don't know what she's qualified to do.
1: She's worked for this dickhead for 20 years. We can assume she's like majored in business or like economics or has some sort of background in it to be in stock industries. But that's just part of a larger
0: problem is that we don't know anything about Pepper. Like the one thing that we learn about her is that she's allergic to strawberries. Yeah, you're right. We find that out because of Tony. We don't find that out about like maybe she's talking to Nat about where she went to college or something like that. Like, yeah, we, we don't find out any information about her that isn't presented in the context
1: of a man. No, you're right, and it's a huge, huge problem. That um, but it did accurately depict that side of things, though. That as soon as a woman gets a promotion, like, yeah, (laughs) everyone's just like, "Oh my God, how dare she? How dare she be more qualified than like every other man who could have taken the job?" Yeah, we're not given anything for Peppa's backstory. We don't even get like, yeah, what she did before Stark Industries. We don't.
0: (sighs) We do get like that she wants something, like she wants to run the company, yeah. that's what we get from her. Ambition. So she's not completely... Yeah, she is ambitious. She's not completely agency-less. Yes. Um, I don't know the word
1: that I'm but trying her, to look for. But her agency is very much confined, and and I guess at least, unlike a lot of other like power-hungry company-climbing women in media, she's not trying to like, dick Tony over to get that. She is no. trying to get it off her own merits and her own devotion and hard work. Um, But yeah, it'd be nice to know anything about her. (laughs) Exactly, like why can't she just have a
0: conversation with Nat?
1: Yeah, why can't she just have, like, any sort of, I don't know, any personality that's not a grey power suit? like,
0: (laughs) A tight-fitting dress,
1: a tight-fitting grey dress. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Uh, I guess what else Um, you mentioned towards the end of the expo she's Pepper's the one who is telling people where to go and what to do in the crisis she's very good at managing and moving people and they respect her authority without question Mm -hmm. which is pretty good Mm -hmm. Um, but then she needs to be saved
0: because she's standing in front of one of the robots or one of the drones that's about to explode like she's worked in Stark when it was manufacturing weapons
1: like she would know she would Okay. Yeah. She wouldn't just stand there gawking at it like, what is that? Uh-huh. It's something that's flashing angrily red and beeping in higher, closer together frequencies. And it was just killing people. like. Hmm. Anyway, it's just, yeah. And at the end, she resigns from CEO, giving it back to Tony. Rip.
0: <laughs> Which is agency. She makes that decision. That's true. She does. And But that's going against what she wants, which is the one thing she wants is to run the company. And he makes it so incredibly hard for her that she resigns from doing
1: the one thing that she wants to do. Doing the one thing that like, yeah, she spent so much of her time and energy in Korea wanting to do. Okay. Um, let's talk about Natasha. Yeah. At least there's two women in this film. Two named they're, women. They're three main women. characters. And they're three yeah. named women. Oh, we've got Christine again, don't we? Yes. For a little Christine's bit. There. She pops back as a cameo, I think, get a nice nod to the first one. Yeah, um, like but that. Natasha, she's the undercover notary, which is, and then she <sighs> is working as Tony's assistant, but then becomes Peppa's assistant. And I like that she, I like that they start, well, I hate it actually, that they start with this narrative of her being ogled by Tony and happy, but by the end oh, of it, of she course. and Natasha, uh, sorry, she and Peppa are just like, we, we run the world. <laughs> yeah, they do. They run the world. <laughs> it's just so efficient. <laughs> like, the dream team after they finally get past the birthday party
0: in the first um in the first uh movie that's the word i'm looking for film yes. um someone mentions that whoever owns the newest stark tech is king of these lands and then i was yeah. thinking like well wouldn't tony be king of all the lands because he is Stark Tech,
1: and then now Pepper runs it. So Pepper is the king of queen, these lands, a king and queen. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. And again, I wonder if Tony would have made that move if Pepper hadn't been. Oh, sorry, if he hadn't been dying, and thought that after himself, Pepper was the best person to be in control. Um, mm,
0: but yeah, no idea.
1: Uh, uh let's see. So.
0: Peppa does call Tony out on ogling um on oggling that. Yeah. Because uh, she's like she, you know, she's a very expensive sexual harassment lawsuit if you continue to ogle her. <laughs> and so she does call him out on it. But yeah. at the same
1: time, they could easily have just not put that in there. They're putting the onus like of that being problematic on Natasha potentially being a lawsuit, mm. like taking action mm. against Tony's ogling, not necessarily Tony's ogling being the problem. Exactly. So what a weird thing for Pepper to say is, like, she could be a potential lawsuit, stop it. Instead of, don't do that to a woman, it's weird. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, and don't do that in front of the woman that you confessed
1: uh, feelings for. Yeah. Yeah. So that's weird. <laughs> Again, men writing dialogue from
0: women. Yeah. It's very much putting the onus back on women to protect ourselves. Yeah. Back on Natasha for being pretty <laughs> in a company. Exactly. That's part of the point of her is that she can like she can fit in anywhere because people want her around because she's beautiful.
1: Yes, and I think I mentioned that a little bit later where she just she's playing straight that femme fatale secret agent where she drops into a place and fits in perfectly because of the way she looks and the fact that she can turn on the seduction if she wants to or or turn on like the professional person that Pepper needs her to be later on. Exactly. Being a spy is just being a good actor.
0: The best spy would be someone who is completely ordinary looking yeah. and doesn't attract attention. Oh, and yeah. she is not ordinary looking, she does attract attention.
1: Yeah. And I think um that's a really interesting thing I wish they explored more with Natasha is that she's she suddenly as Black Widow becomes the public figure face for one of like one of the team of the Avengers. And I'm like, mm. how does a spy deal with that lack of an- anonymity? Yeah, <laughs> she'd never be able to go co-op again. Like, and it's so yeah, funny. Exactly, it's so funny to me. And we'll talk about this in Winter Soldier when she's like undercover. And I'm like, like, and she and Cap are undercover. I'm like, those two people are supermodels. <laughs> like, <laughs> specimen. Everyone's gonna look at them. Okay. Um, but yeah, happy immediately. Well, I don't love. When he's just like, "Oh, Taibo booty, um, booty boot camp, etc." is like how she knows how to fight, or when she's like, "I know how to punch." Um, Mm -hmm. And then yes, I've done boxing before. And then she just immediately fucking wrecks his shit (laughs) because he like threatens her. He
0: like puts his fist up in her face, and she turns around and just like immediately knows him,
1: just instinct. Um, a shout-out as well to um, John Favreau, because he plays Happy and he directs this, and he's like, I want my introductory thing like with Natasha for her to be to kick my ass, and oh my I respect God. that. <laughs> Same. Except The man knows what we want. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'll do it. I'll let her just wreck me. She's presented, as you say, um, is an adversary of Pepper. Um it's weird that they have this tension for so long between these two just I, it's like they're not quite doing the love triangle thing but they're trying to imply that I don't know Pepper perceives Natasha as a threat to her relationship with Tony. Yeah, attorney. I don't
0: think like Natasha ever sees sorry that Pepper ever sees Natasha as a threat until she's like but even then she's like you know that that scene at the birthday party where she's like um yeah. uh, ever ever since you got here things have been going wrong. Um, I don't think, a- apart from that, because then in the next scene, she's they're working together and yeah. they're fine, everything's good. And then there's when they go to the expo at the end, um, they walk up together, they sit next to each other, they share like looks and they have this this twin expressions on their faces. Yeah, which is cute. I think Peppa's just being professional in that she's not not just going to fire someone
1: who was recently hired just because. And I think she realizes um, that point. Tony's digging his own grave. It's not. It's not to be blamed on anyone else. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's see. She's just. I love Natasha in this. I think this is actually probably one of my favorite. Like, even though there's some moments. Mm. I think this was a really cool introduction to her, and mm. she got to run around and do so many things. And yes, yeah. there was like. <laughs> Yeah. Like she's why I love this movie so much,
0: like literally
1: just Vanko and Natasha. She's so cool, she's so good in this, I love her. I love the scene where she and Happy are walking down that hallway and he's like taking out one goon in the time it takes her to just murder like 20.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I I counted and I think there were about 9 or 10
1: that she just took down by herself. It's fucking fantastic. And the mace, like, right at the end, where he's not even, he's not even an issue. She's just like, psh.
0: Beautiful. That was just oh, poetic cinema. But there was, like, I mean, they are definitely playing the femme fatale secret agent type, like you said here. Like, yeah. when there's just so much sexual innuendo around her, there's just so much needless ogling of her. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand, like... Is that that's her in the comics though, right? She is a
1: femme fatale. She is, but she's not like she's just she's an attractive spy, and like uses it, I guess, to her advantage when she's not recognisable. But it's not like this this corporate espionage stuff is weird. Like that's not very Natasha. She's got other skill sets that need to be utilised. She is definitely more espionage and um, assassination, even and like. I don't know. It's. I don't know what they've chosen to do here. They had to fit her into here somehow, so I think they were just like, let's just make her. Like. Tony's a womanizer. Let's just make her a woman. Yeah, exactly. Um, But to Tony's credit, he never actively does anything like actually make a move on her. Um, I think that's. That was refreshing to me. I remember the first time I watched this thinking, when's he gonna, like, in his complete mental spiral? kiss her and ruin his relationship with Pepper or whatever. But he doesn't. So that's cool. I'll, I'll take it. I'm glad they didn't have to go for that shitty love triangle angle. Just like the implied jealousy bullshit. But they still did
0: use Natasha to like get close to Tony to put her there as someone who he is attracted to. And she does play up like the sexual innuendo when they're getting ready for the party. They have a conversation that sounds like they're planning an affair. It's really mm. weird. She asks him about the martini and she's like, is that dirty enough for
1: you? Uh, it's just, is really gross. I, I, think, like I think that's them testing each other. I think Tony is trying to work out at that point. He can't quite put his finger on the pulse, but he knows she's not some regular secretary and I think he's Mm. trying to, like, trick it out of her, but she's two steps ahead. I don't read that as a planning an affair. I read that as them trying to... No, it sounds like they're planning an affair. They weren't actually. I read that as them trying to push each other's buttons and see Mm. if someone will react and it'll show them who will really tick. And Natasha being an enigma wrapped in a mystery because they don't give her any backstory, but fair, because she's a spy and she's very cagey about that. And Tony being, like a drama queen, but no one doesn't talk about his real internalized feelings. Like, <laughs> um, well we I, do actually get backstory for Natasha,
0: like she's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, she was there under orders, and she yeah. has more to her than meets the what eye. meets the eye. Yeah, which is fine. So I, I think they did a good job
1: with Natasha in this film, like I'm happy yeah, with her portrayal. Same. It's like um, Aside from the sexual stuff. The sexualization shit. I think uh, it's summed up really nicely by the studio note was probably just make it sexier because yeah yeah especially I don't like to think of it this way but I can't imagine a lot of the audience who adore like a straight male audience who adore Iron Man find Gwyneth Paltrow particularly I don't know she doesn't seem She's like their type. She's a
0: corporate feminist. She's not, yeah. like, and the, playing the, way, the same role that Natasha is.
1: And the way they paint her is, like, very shrewish and always on Tony's mm. back and in opposition to yeah. Tony's, like, immediate happiness, even though it's romantic happiness. Like, I imagine a lot of the the audience would see their nagging wives in mm. Pepper as opposed to her hot Scarlett Johansson is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Meanwhile, all women are
0: queens, and I love them. Mm. <laughs> I just wanted to say that I think Natasha has the second best role in the MCU after Bucky. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love the fight scenes. Like, I did jiu-jitsu for a few years and I love physically fighting people and I mm. love using martial arts to physically fight people and, um, I mean, I don't get into a lot of fights, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But, because um, I never go outside my apartment. But, um... Yeah, I, I love the fight scenes that she does. I absolutely love the scene in the hallway, like, in Hammer Industries. Like, that's just my favorite. And then yeah. when she's fighting Bucky is, like, the culmination of the two best characters
1: in the MCU. <laughs> I have to say that's a great fight in Winter Soldier. I can't wait to talk about that movie with you. Oh, it's going to be so much we have fun. We've already been talking about it for a lot I know. of this <laughs> Well, back, backstory to all involved. Um, someone thought or refused to talk about Winter Soldier with me for an episode or something. <laughs> Because she was convinced that I was not hardcore enough a fan. <laughs> Me wearing my Winter Soldier hoodie as we record this. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that you
0: can't match my level of intensity about it, and I don't think very many people can.
1: And I can't wait to prove you wrong. <laughs>
0: okay, well, let's let's do it and see who starts crying halfway through, because Bucky is a good boy who deserves good things. Jokes
1: on you, I'm always crying about Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> That's my secret, Cap. I'm always. Okay, um, Christine Everhart, um, we talked yeah. about her already, that she does make a reappearance, but again, it's just... She shows up, I think, to just not take to prove the hammer's not to be taken seriously. She's more interested in what Tony's up to and yeah. wants to interview him as a notable fig- figure, not Hammer. But I um, enjoyed her ten minutes of screen time. Tony, shall we talk about Tony? What have we got yeah, to say about, about him? He's the same dickhead from the first movie, but now with the added He's layer awful. of dying angst. Um what do you think is very notice noticeable about him? <laughs>
0: Uh, Just when he says, I don't care about the liberal agenda
1: anymore. And I was (gasps) like, (laughs) sounds like something a Republican would say. I fucking, it's so gross, but you're so right. Like, uh, it it makes real sense for Tony. Like, tax breaks for Stark Industries much. Like, he wouldn't vote Republican. Like, he just would. He's not very Democratic. He owns a weapons company. Well, yeah, and even when it transforms to green energy, it's still about the profit and it's still about how can he slap his brand name over everything? And it's very, like, Elon Musk of him. Oh, <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. anyway. That's um, gross.
0: I think that's all I wanted to say about Tony.
1: Yeah. Rodi. Shall we talk about our, our favorite lad?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I love – he's put in such a hard position in this. Yeah, I, it uh, is,
0: <laughs> like, really hard for him to have to constantly – Clean up after Tony, but then also try and stay loyal to the the industry that he's spent his whole life being a part
1: of. The tension between them in that fight, though. (laughs) Oh, oh, can we? Oh man, it's it was it was like a messy breakup. It's not pretty. Sexy,
0: sexy scene.
1: (laughs) A breakup with yeah, with your your (laughs) oof your significant other. And I think he's just so done arguing with Tony all the time, and it's just... Yeah. But he really cares about Tony. He really does, and that's the saddest thing of all. I cannot handle... and I cannot handle the idea that like Tony's got biometric security for his suits, and like they're not meant to run without an internal power source being the arc reactor in his chest, but the fact that he has made contingency plans to not only have an external arc reactor or something that can power a suit... But also, the biometric security allows Rhodey in. I'm just like, I cannot now. Yeah. I cannot handle that.
0: Adorable. Um, there's a scene where, uh, just with Rhodey, there's a scene where um, he comes into the lab and he, into the workshop, and then he starts ripping Tony a new one. And then he's like, sees how Tony is and how badly he's doing. And he's like, oh shit, are you okay? And then he's like, you don't have to do this alone. So he's still very much caring for Tony
1: he kind of has all that insight that Pepper doesn't like he's just can read a room and can be like yeah oh shit and I guess that comes from they've known each other for years at this point and mm. yeah decades He's just tries to be kinder to Tony and I think yeah and I love this I love them fighting the evil together at the end. Yeah, so I love good. that that part at the end where they're getting um,
0: recommend. They're getting medals, and mm-hmm. you can see how decorated Roddy's chest is.
1: He's <laughs> <It's> got, <laughs> it's it's got like a... so much shiny, <laughs> so shiny. Yes. Um. Okay. Justin Hammer. Justin Hammer. Oh man, he's a fucking. He's so he's like the campiest character I've ever seen. He's awesome. And I've seen Sam Rockwell in JoJo Rabbit. (laughs) So this is Oh, he's in JoJo Rabbit. (laughs) No, but essentially, yeah, it's just he's such a camp character. He's just like so busy and just up in everyone's business and it's just yammering with no one having to listen to him and is extra and dramatic.
0: It's just very extra and dramatic.
1: And if we want to talk about, like, we're talking about this Quish stuff as well. Um, You know how they always, like, patting the Russos on the back for whoever that nameless support guy in Cap's group was? Are we all forgetting about Long Live the King? So we can talk about this later in Iron Man 3 in more detail, but Justin Hammer's just sitting straight up there in prison with his arm around another lad just casually being, like, fed and pampered by his prison boyfriend. (laughs) Like, do we want to talk about that? What? Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Have you never watched... So, you remember how um Agent Carter got made because it was, like, an Agent Carter one-shot thing yeah. at the end of, like, a Blu-ray special? There's one for Iron Man 3, Long Live the King, where yeah, Mandarin yeah, Ro- Man Ro- goes but to jail. I'm... Justin Hammer's sitting there at one of the tables. Like... Absolutely. Yeah, I know that, but I didn't know
0: that he was getting pampered.
1: Yes, and like straight up, let me. Oh man, I will send I'll you a photo. I'll watch it later. In. I'll
0: watch it when we watch the Iron Man. Thing. Yeah,
1: but I just want to know. Doesn't that make him the first canonically queer character? Well, he's in prison.
0: Think, like that do mean... things in prison. <laughs> like you do stuff in prison that you wouldn't do in the real world.
1: Like, but that's no. That's a sh- no. That's. I'm not arguing like
0: he's probably gay like I could like you know I would make a case that that Justin Hammer is queer just from what we see in this movie alone
1: he's just mad that Tony isn't paying attention to him and doesn't want to make him CEO of Stark Industries
0: I would not want Justin Hammer as CEO
1: (laughs) he shouldn't be CEO of anything
0: he shouldn't even have his
1: own company he should be in prison oh dude we're running out of time what else do we want to take okay um uh, I think that's it. I think that's, that's it. So we did.
0: Um, there was like Justin and Ivan Vanko. I thought was like a could be a pairing there, oh like God. the lovers <laughs> to enemies pairing
1: instead of enemies to lovers. <laughs> I think I, the world's most annoying sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I want my bird. I'll get you your bird. <laughs>
0: But I won't get you the right bird. I'll I get know. You
1: any bird. I think Justin has a lot of chaotic twink energy. Um, <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> it's just there. <laughs> oh. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of fun. This movie, I think the ca- the word camp came to mind at the start, not just because of Justin Hammer's characterization. It's just fun, and I think I hated it at the time because I was super serious, like when it came out about superheroes. But now, like, watching it, it's enjoyable. It's fine. It's not the strongest plot-wise. And I think because, like, Tony's such an asshole in it, I, like, like to stay away. It's fun, though. And I think we're getting there. We finally have something queer to discuss about these films, (laughs) even if it's just Justin Hammer being... Yeah, very campy. Very camp. Um, and this movie is very camp, though. Like it is. I found it very camp. And we're getting more rich female characterizations to discuss, even mm. when we're still critiquing them. At least we can see as well where they're making strides. Well,
0: Thor did pretty well,
1: but yeah, this is before yeah Thor, isn't it? So yeah. Thoris is wonderful because it's just a good franchise. <laughs> I say so smugly. Say that with more hearts in your eyes. <laughs> I'll try, but it's getting pretty hard. I can only have so many hearts in my eyes.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I think that's it, I think yeah. that's it. And what will we be covering next time? Oh, hang on. Um...
1: <laughs> Sorry, not to put you on the spot here, I believe we're going to do The Incredible Hulk?
0: Yes, The Incredible the- Hulk, that's it. So The Incredible Hulk is the 2008 version with uh, Edward Norton.
1: Yeah, and then yeah, he, he didn't want to be in any of the future ones, so they had to recast after him. And no, well, I'm, d- I'm not surprised he didn't want to be in any of the other ones. I don't remember this the the it being terrible, but I do remember again there being very few women and very few queer moments. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that'll be okay.
0: All right. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. You can find us at Marvels Pod on Twitter and Marvels Podcast, podcast on, Tumblr. on Tumblr. And you can also email the show at marvels Podcast at gmail.com. Um, send us all your opinions on Justin Hammer and what he was up to in prison. <laughs> <laughs> send us all your nasty fanfic.
1: Where, no, I don't. I will not set read any fanfic.
0: I will read the fanfic. You can send. You can send your bad opinions to Turner, and you can send your nasty <laughs> fanfic.
1: To you me. are my official like taster who has to like take a bite of the pie before, <laughs> so I don't die. <laughs> you can let me know what's good. I'll gladly
0: bite that bullet.
1: <laughs> Where can our listeners find you if they want to like, see uh, your you socials? Can find
0: me at LisaTronics with an X on Twitter. And where can they find you, Dana?
1: They can find me at Feels All Over the Place on Tumblr. Awesome.
0: Uh, it's Cool. Well, that's <laughs> it for this week. This has been really fun. I was really happy to do this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was quite fun. We talked for a lot longer than we did our last one. And it's just going to be that way, I think. The more we have to talk about, we'll let it stretch on. Um, yeah. Make sure. Our... We'll try
0: and make it under an hour because.
1: Yeah, uh, we'll try. It's, it's a slog. It's a slog. <laughs> <laughs> um, and stay marvelous, our listeners.